I like Beedrill. Are you saying I'm not cool, Kyle? Look into your webcam and tell me I'm not cool for liking <laughs> Beedrill. You are not cool for liking Mega Beedrill. I can't believe you just did that. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. August is about to chime in with some new events. It's almost time to make space for Ultra Unlock Part 2. Be on guard for this week's Pokalore Pokemon. Hopefully, the unknown portion of Ultra Unlock Part 3 is more shiny unknown. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 155. It's July 29th. It's a Thursday evening. What? what? Who? Where, where am where? I? Excuse when? me. <laughs> what? What is Gamora? My name is Chris, your host, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. What's shaking? Um, the green iced tea. Oh, not stirred, right? Shaken only. <laughs> oh, jeez, that chip never gets old. All right. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, Kyle and I are here. We're recording a little bit later on in the week, although the uptime for the podcast should be about the same Friday or Saturday. If for some reason, Friday blows up, which recently it has been for me so i do apologize for that but before we get started here shout out to four patrons brand new patrons of ours andrew joshua kevin and tiffany thank you so much for your patronage we hope that you enjoy and slash or are enjoying the discord uh and we appreciate your patronage thank you so very very much Uh, all right kyle i uh, i'm sad yeah <laughs> i'm a little sad and I, I have a feeling that you'll join me in, in a similar feeling here yeah. uh, because we set some goals last week and we? I, I think we p- both promptly either forgot them or the week forgot to respect our time uh, to, in order to complete them which is what it kind of feels like for me even though we had two extra days i thought great we have two extra days but no all right do you want to go first this week you do want me to go first i assure you that the shame is similar is similar uh i don't know about that let's let's go okay um let's have you go first because maybe you actually were better off than i think i am uh you wanted to get a shiny shield on or kranidos no no that didn't happen i hatched more eggs than i'll care to admit and i will continue but i didn't get any like dedicated playtime this week Okay. So, no, didn't happen. Bummer, 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 bummer. But I, I feel you. Trust me, I feel you. What about the timed research? Did you finish it for the event? Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. No, I haven't finished it yet. I'm on like step three. Okay. You got to finish it up, man. Yeah, I, I told you will. But okay. You've got, well, a few more days left, three or four it, more days. There's like six four? days left still. Okay, great. Then you should have plenty of time at rank 10 in GBL. That. Sorry, rank 18-ish? What does this say? Rank 18 in GBL, I think. Sure, it doesn't say 20, really? I think it says rank 18, buddy. Uh, Oh, yeah, because I'm rank 16. No, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, that was it. That's a zero out of three, Ryu. <laughs> it's been a little while. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, not only did I not get rank 18, I didn't do any 
GVL at all. Oh, man. You know what I got to do is like three days after this, I got to like send you a text like, hey, just a reminder. These are the goals you set. So you'd be like, oh, right. right no, no. Right. I didn't forget about any of these goals. These were all remembered. They just didn't get done. OK. They Except just, for the timed research. You did forget that one. I, I totally forgot that that was a goal, but I still just didn't get it done. <laughs> Under normal circumstances, you would have gotten it done. Yeah, I definitely I could have. Right. I just forgot. that. OK. One. Gotcha. 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 Uh, for me. I wanted to get a shiny unknown you, and that <laughs> did not happen. You know what? I was really surprised with the lack of unknown raids that were populating our Discord server. Everybody was really gung ho about Dialga, and I thought for sure I would have seen more unknown you raids, uh, but alas, not the case. And I was really kind of unable to get away from work related things to go out and hunt for my own raids this week. So unfortunately, I had one sent by the one and only modders was not was not shiny alas i also think i only did one unknown raid mostly because i'm just like i'm not i'm not spending the raid pass sure not happening sure and then i wanted to get five hundred thousand experience which did happen thanks to a friendship bonus this week so that was good otherwise that wouldn't have gotten done the timed research i did do i can't stay away from that i definitely did do that one 50 eggs uh i think i was at like 42 something like that so not not quite unfortunately at 200,000 stardust you know what i'm 17,000 short oh i didn't really play a whole lot to be super honest with you just like you were saying too so two out of five for me but that that's an f for me and that's an f minus for you uh boy well i guess we'll just have to do better next week no probably not for me (laughs) okay it's not likely actually this time i will endeavor to do better next week for the both of us i'll be repping team go cast i i will not be all night okay no you're not gonna be here uh well, I'm not going to be the number one hero. Oh, you're not going to go beyond two. plus ultra. <laughs> There's too many catchphrases. Honestly. There is. There There's is too many. It could be too many references. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, without further ado or references to anime that not everybody might have watched. Why don't we hop right into the news? And we're in the news. What's going on? Oh, you know what? I completely forgot to mention during our goals. Besides failing all my goals and not being able to play too much, I it was blessed with so many shinies this week. A ridiculous <laughs> okay. amount. Are you ready? Yeah. I hatched a shiny Bonsly. Okay, yeah, I remember that. I'm yeah, ready. I caught a Voltorb, <laughs> a, a <laughs> Wooper, okay. and a Kabuto. Hey. Yeah. Pretty thrilled with that. That's not too bad. But everything else failed at it miserably. Anyway, all right. That was the silver (laughs) lining. Uh, So the one and only piece of news this week for the news section is the coming in August, August overview, which is filled with just as many question marks as you think it is. Unfortunately, (laughs) the copy says trainers with Pokemon Go Fest 2021 now behind us. It's time to look ahead to all the ultra unlock bonuses you've earned, along with other fun events coming up in August. First up, August Research Breakthrough Encounters. From Sunday, August 1st at 1 p.m. to Wednesday, September 1st at 1 p.m. PDT, you'll encounter Chimeco in Research Breakthrough Encounters. Oh, my God. Double experience for Research Breakthroughs will also continue throughout this month as part of the season of Discovery. We've already talked about how we weren't too thrilled with that breakthrough bonus for the season of discovery but it is what it is double xp for research breakthroughs that's great okay kyle really quick chimeco as the breakthrough pokemon yay nay what are the pros what are the cons it would have been okay 
if it had not been a featured Pokemon for GoFest literally two weeks ago. I knew you were going to say that. My counterpoint is point counterpoint is that Chimeco was a featured spawn for people that participated in it. And not everybody played as hard as we did. And the shiny was just released. So I still think it's kind of like a, a pretty cool uh, choice. Mm. Plus bonus Stardust on catch, right? That doesn't mean anything. Cause that could have just been, they could have just given you the bonus for completing the research breakthrough <laughs> instead of double experience. But, but we get even, both. But the double experience is meaningless. It's so little experience. Oh, man, tell us but, how you really feel, Kyle. But that said, like, it's not a bad breakthrough like some we've had in the past. That's for sure. Sure. It's just the timing. This definitely, if this had happened around, like, November, I feel like it wouldn't be as, like, again feeling for me. Oh, okay. But I, I'm also coming from the point of I got four shiny Chimeco at GoFest, and I don't ever want to see another one. See, that was the next point I was just so, about to make. I think you in particular are specifically <laughs> jaded to this Pokemon. Only now. a only a little bit. Like I'm glad I got the shinies. Don't don't get me wrong, they're great. Sure. I just it's not as exciting of research breakthrough okay. as it could be. Well, as much as I can understand and I respect your opinion on this, I'm going to have to go the opposite. I think that this is great because the shiny just came out and so if you were hunting for it on GoFest day or you didn't have a ticket and you really wanted it and you didn't get the chance to get it, etc. Th- this is a good opportunity and a good chance to get it. Plus, there is catch Stardust, which is great. So it's kind of more respectful with the with the choice and uh, you know how we feel about the the XP bonus. But I, I think it's okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. Um, but I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, but anyway, let's move right along here. Weekly one Poke Coin bundles. Every Monday in August, a one-time purchase bundle containing a remote raid pass and other items will be featured in the shop so this is pretty much what we've been seeing so far Uh, this is no surprise next up featured pokemon and raids the following pokemon will be appearing in five star raids throughout august dialga will continue to appear in five star raids until friday august 6th at 10 a.m local time if you're lucky you might find a shiny one so this is going to be the second week for dialga which is great it's very popular people are really excited about it the shiny just came out etc etc you know where this is going Palkia will be appearing in five-star raids from Friday, August 6th at 10 a.m. to Friday, August 20th at 10 a.m. local time. If you're lucky, you might find a shiny one. Same thing, hype new shiny, grab them while you can, that sort of thing. I think you get about two weeks, same deal. Stay tuned for more updates on which Pokemon will be appearing in five-star raids after August 20th. I was hoping, beyond all hope, we would get some more clarity on the Mm. second half of this month. Um, no, and, and as such, this August coverage is kind of thin feeling a oh, little yeah. bit oh, like yeah. this blog. So it, once it gets updated after they make the announcements, it'll be more full. But I don't know. Uh, we, we've speculated in previous episodes and I don't want to spend more time doing that again. So, so we won't. Uh, in addition, though, the following mega evolved Pokemon will be appearing in mega raids. Mega Charizard X will continue to appear in Mega Raids until Friday, August 6th at 10 a.m. local time. Mega Ampharos will appear in Mega Raids right after that until Friday, August 20th at 10 a.m. local time. And then after that, Mega Beach will be in Raids until Thursday, August 26th at 10 a.m. local time. And then right after that, Mega Pidgeot will appear in Mega Raids from Thursday, August 26th at 10 a.m. to Wednesday, September 1st at 10 a.m. local time. So, Mega Charizard's X is in there. Then we get Ampharos, Beedrill, and then Pidgeot. So if you're looking for any of those, you know when. 
Every Wednesday in August, a Raid Hour event will occur from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. local time. The following Pokemon will be featured. On August 4th, it's Dialga. August 11th and August 18th are both Palkia. And August 25th is this ominous triple question mark thing. (laughs) But in addition, a bonus Raid Hour event will take place on Monday, August 30th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. local time. So this could be a second opportunity at that triple question mark Pokemon, or it could be another Pokemon. Who knows? Oh, my gosh. Any it's, another, it's another any great theme? hour I can't take part in. So, Oh, uh, yeah, Mondays, yeah, 6 to 7. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. I'll let you know how it goes. Pro- no, I probably won't. No. <laughs> Pokemon Spotlight Hours. In the month of August, Pokemon Spotlight Hour will take place every Tuesday, as it does from 6 to 7 p.m. local time. On August 3rd, it's going to be Magnemite, and the bonus will be twice the Stardust for catching. On August 10th will be East Sea Shellos, and you'll learn twice the XP for catching. August 17th will feature the other Shellos from the West Sea, and you'll learn twice the candy for catching. August 24th, a certain Pokemon will be in the spotlight, and you'll learn twice the candy for transferring. And on the 31st, yet another certain Pokemon will be in the spotlight, and you'll learn twice the XP for evolving Pokemon. I cannot handle the suspense any longer. More details, please. But we don't have them. August Community Day, it's Eevee Community Day slash days on August 14th and the 15th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. You can stuff that negativity. I'm excited for more Eevee, man. And double Community Day, yes, please. And lastly, upcoming events. Stay tuned for details about these upcoming events. Well, one we're already in. You kind of already know what the details are. Ultra Unlock Part 1. Time. This ends August 3rd at 8 p.m. local time. So uh, I think the episode will be out right before this. Oh, it'll be out way before that. Get get your research done. Get, get it done. Get those 7Ks and incubators you'll, you'll wish you had once Part 2 rolls around. <laughs> Speaking of, Ultra Unlock Part 2 Space. As Part 1 time wraps up, we'll turn our eyes to its dimensional counterpart, Space. 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 Palkia will distort space itself as Pokemon from various places appear. Look forward to experiencing the second part of this year's Ultra Unlock from Friday, August 6th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, August 17th at 8 p.m. local time. For more details, check out the Ultra Unlock announcement. We've had that linked in the previous show notes, but we'll also have a link to this blog, which will have links to those blog posts in this episode's show notes. Link to link to post. Yep. And then lastly, Go Battle Night. On Thursday, August 26th, from 6 p.m. to 11.59 p.m. local time, the third Go Battle Night of the season will be happening. Complete up to 100 battles and receive three times the Stardust for winning battles, completing sets of battles, and ranking up in Go Battle League. For more details on the Go Battle League, check out the Season 8 blog. That's it for August. Kyle, anything new kind of grab your eye? I guess there's really nothing new in this to to be eye-grabbing. That's the thing that gets me. There's nothing new at all. Well, besides the spotlight hours and stuff. But like those aren't even that new because they're going to be part of the event that we already know about. And even then, they're not new. They're Pokemon that have already existed for ever. Yeah, that's true. And even if you consider that the question mark is probably going to be Giratina, it's just just being realistic. Giratina that's another or Giratina O. Both. I think they I think if they do it, they'll do both. Mm-hmm. Since both shinies are out. It's just not that exciting. The thing that actually stands out for me from this entire thing 
is the megas. There's four megas. One for, you know, each week, like they've been doing. None of them are new. Nope. And they're not doubling up on megas. If it was a new mega, they would be saying something like a certain Pokemon will be appearing in mega raids. Right. There's 48 mega Pokemon in Pokemon Go or in Pokemon. There's not enough time to release them into the game at the rate that they're going. And seeing them run one week at a time and seeing four old megas, like three of which aren't even that interesting to me but uh, yeah that's so that's kind of subjective i mean i i i think that mega pidgeot beedrill and Ampharos are some of the least interesting megas out there but especially in terms of usability especially sure. in terms of usability i could see the argument yeah and you know charizard is charizard we don't really need to talk about that it's there's so many there's so many megas still waiting it's going to take another five years to release them at the rate we're going. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe they're saving up some of their, uh, some of their megas for like a mega event and I'll drop like five at once or something like that. But then it's going to go against the idea that they're currently building and that they want people to be able to target the mega that they want, I suppose is the idea we would lean on. The event would be like a, like a day or something. It wouldn't be, but, but then you have to put them in the game. So you have to have five weeks now of dedicated new megas and you kind of like pigeonhole yourself there. Yeah, that's and true. It's like this, they if they're going to release new megas, they got to they got to get on it. Yeah. And they're not. The mega system continues to be uh, slightly problematic. It's, it is slightly problematic. That is a great way of putting it. Like yeah. this isn't a problem. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like. Where are they? And there's like lackluster ones they can do too. They don't have to do Mega Salamance or even Mega Rayquaza or whatever. There are other Megas. Where's Mega Gardevoir? Like that would Where's sell Where's Mega Audino? Uh, we don't talk about that one. Yes, that, we I don't, do. I don't I just know did. why that one exists. Oh, please. But, you know, so, something like Mega Gardevoir would sell rates. People like Gardevoir. So it's just, you know begs the question yeah but people like beedrill too man not I like no beedrill. not really i disagree i think far more people <laughs> like gardevoir than like beedrill by yeah, a lot like, yeah but like cool people like beedrill you know no. what i mean i like beedrill are you saying i'm not cool kyle look into your webcam and tell me i'm not cool for liking <laughs> beedrill you are not cool for liking mega beedrill i can't believe you just did that <laughs> My heart, it breaks every time, every week. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we kind of said this at the top. This is kind of an unexciting August uh, blog post, but but only because the, there's nothing to be said about the stuff that we want to know about, which is this three question mark thing. Um, so, I, you know, I guess maybe timing is just kind of weird. I would have liked an announcement post sooner, a little bit sooner, so that this blog post could be a great summary. But I guess, you know, maybe just because it's right after GoFest and there needs to be kind of a break that this is sort of like a a blanket month. I, I knew you were going to use that like description for it about being after GoFest. And while that is true, it's still exceptionally bland outside of the raids. 
outside of the tier five raids even. Do you feel like maybe because Ultra Unlock Part 2 is the bulk of the month, it's like the middle of the month, and Ultra Unlock Part 2, as we said last week, is a little lackluster in and of itself, that that is just making the rest of the month feel that way? Because Part 3 could be really exciting. It could be. We don't know what it is. It could be, but given the nature of Part 1 and 2, I don't know. Part 1 has been awesome. Yeah, but we we know exactly what's going on. We we had an idea going into it what it was going to be. We don't know anything about part three. Yeah, at all. that's that's true. That's true. Gosh, what if the big surprise is that there is no part three? <laughs> but then what are the certain Pokemon for the two spotlight hours during it? It has to be related mm-hmm. to part three. And that's going to bring us back us. both of the shellos again. <laughs> Not shiny. <laughs> oh, my God. We're having fun with it. We're just not really that excited for this month, I don't think. At least not yet. So let's just revisit. Let's table this. We'll revisit it next week. Hopefully, we'll have more details to share about it. Um, I was kind of hoping that since uh, we were recording two days later that we might have bought ourselves some time. But uh, no dice. No dice this week. So we'll see next week how we feel. But I guess without further ado, let's move on to gear up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to be talking about what's the big deal with Dialga. Yeah, what is the big deal with Dialga? It's, it's got a, it's a big dragon. It's got four legs and a really long neck. He's kind of like a cross between a dragon and a, and a giraffe. Uh, a giraffe? Giraffe. A dragon. Gir- a no, that's just dragon. <laughs> no, no, it's a dragon. Dragon. <laughs> The Toys R Us mascot could have been a lot cooler is what you're saying. Yes, it definitely could have been. But on to the main point, Dialga's in raids. Going to be in raids until the fourth. Everyone was really excited. The third? The third. The third. Everyone was really excited about it. But why? Well, first off, Dialga's a dragon. Everyone loves dragons. Oh, we're both wrong until the sixth, by the way. Wait, really? I swore it was the fourth. Oh, right. The raid day is the fourth. I got it. I got him confused. I'm not correcting myself. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> it, it's in raids till the sixth. It's in raids till the sixth. But anyways, Dialga is a dragon. Everyone loves dragons in Pokemon, generally speaking. But he's also one of the rare dragons that's not weak to dragon. He's dragon steel type. And Steel is a fantastic defensive typing. It gives so many resistances, a couple immunities, that kind of stuff. And as a result, it neutralizes Dragon's weakness to Dragon, Fairy, and Ice. So Dialga's weaknesses are not Dragon weaknesses. They're Steel weaknesses, which is uh, very beneficial. Because one of the two of those is Ground. And Ground is really only represented by Garchomp and Groudon. So... I, I guess extra drill counts too. Let's not discount him at least mm-hmm. too much. But in terms of damage, Dialga is not the greatest for raids. It's behind Garchomp and Dragonite in terms of DPS. But it doesn't take super effective damage from other dragon types, which makes it a very solid choice against a raid boss rocking a dragon fast move and a dragon charge move. Your other dragon type counters like Rayquaza or Garchomp or Dragonite, they're going to fall over very quickly 
against a raid boss using dragon breath or something like that. But the real reason everyone likes Dialga, if you can say that, is because he's the king of Master League. And I'm going to speak strictly about Master League Classic at the moment, but everything is more or less exactly relevant to regular with XLs. Just XLs make everything more complicated. So Dialga basically shaped what Master League looks like. Dialga was so oppressively strong when Go Battle League started, you had to counter him. If you didn't have a counter for Dialga, if you didn't have two counters for Dialga, you lost. That's that's how it started out. Now, it doesn't have the best win rate from all of these really strong Pokemon. 59% against the Master League meta with zero shields and 50% with one shield. Not that great. But that's because the meta exists because Dialga exists. Those things are meta because they can fight Dialga toe-to-toe. But why is Dialga so strong? Well, one of the previous one of the reasons previously mentioned, typing. Dragon Steel's really good typing. It doesn't have the traditional weaknesses and it has a couple of immunities. Just one immunity, actually, poison. But and to clarify, immunities are not actually a thing in Pokemon Go. It just means four times resisted, unfortunately. But it's easier to say immunities. On top of that, it has really good attack. I think it's 275 which puts it in the top like Whew. like 60 of all Pokemon in yeah, Go. That's pretty high. Yeah. And it's got really good defense and kind of middling HP. So it's it's very bulky. But one of the biggest things about Dialga and one of the things I find most interesting to read about, not really to use, is Best Buddy. It's one of the few Pokemon that improves drastically when it becomes your best buddy. That one level of worth of stats flips so many matches. With a best buddy Dialga, the one shield win rate goes from 50% to 65%. (laughs) What? Yeah, that's, that's, it's crazy. And the zero shield is still 65. So it's goes up a little bit, not a huge amount, but that's, that's still pretty strong. But why? why? Why does that happen? I actually talked about it on a Gear Up episode probably about a year ago now. My God, time flies. But the key reason is breakpoints. And breakpoints are a pain to talk about. I'll probably readdress them again in the future. But the simple answer is a best buddy 100% 15 attack Dialga gets enough attack from the plus one level of best buddy for dragon breath to do one more damage to many of the key targets. So it's going to do five damage instead of four, for example, this includes a mirror match against a non best buddy Dialga. So you don't want to run into that one. It, you will be embarrassed. It's it's kind of hilarious. That's wild. Best Buddy Dialga versus non-Best Buddy Dialga. The Best Buddy wins with like 60% of its health left. What on earth? Because it's just a Dragon Breath fight. Yeah. And so if you use 30 Dragon Breath, 
you did 30 more damage than the enemy. And it is a pretty fast, fast move. Yeah. One one turn animation. Oh, that's wild. It, it's hilarious. And so one damage per turn, as I just mentioned, is no joke. It's a big deal. So that's why those breakpoints are important. And if you intend to use Dialga in Master League for whatever crazy reason you're doing Master League for, make sure you reach those breakpoints. There's a couple of good resources online. I believe the minimum is a 15, 14, 12. And you'll reach the breakpoints at Best Buddy. But don't quote me on that. I don't have the resources in front of me. Someone's going to quote me on that anyways. Do your own research. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll do the research for you just another time. Okay. Okay. I already did the research for you. You just have to find which episode it was a million years ago. Sure. (laughs) But in conclusion, Dialga is a force to be reckoned with, especially in PvP. And all of this discussion is not even considering XL candy. Because, like I said, that just makes it more complicated. And also expensive so chris are you ever going to use a dialga in master league <laughs> if i catch a 100 percent dialga that is the only time in which i'll consider maybe i'll use this in master league <laughs> and not a second prior i i have a i have a 15 14 14 uh one yeah that I have, I, you know I have considered even though, even though I know it'll hit the break points and yada, yada, blah, math stuff, whatever, I would still be like, no, if it's 15, 15, 15, then I'd be like, OK, it's time to put my head on, sit at my desk, my math homework, take care of business, <laughs> but not prior, dude. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. OK. No. OK. Yeah. <laughs> Stick to your Machamps. Yeah, hey, hey, I love my Shadow Machamp, okay? I have got two appropriately leveled Shadow Machamps for Great League and Ultra League. So hey, Machamp feels like it'd be one of the ones that uh, Dialga would lose to, so. Yeah, it would feel like that, except the Shadow makes it so it just falls over. So. Well, I can't help you there. No, no. Oh I my can't god, Dialga so. beats Machamp with 17 HP left. All right, I've heard enough. <laughs> This feels like a personal attack now. Uh, uh, geez. What about against like a Swampert? Oh, hang on though. If you throw in a shield, Machamp, uh, Machamp wins handily. So, oh, great, good deal. So, so, so there you go. All right, <laughs> all right. Things are looking up from for a little Machamp. Great. Uh, but what, but what about you? If you got a one hundred percent, would you do it? Because the fifteen, fourteen, fourteen is tempting. But what about the I, fifteen, fifteen, fifteen? I mean, I've considered doing it for the. 15 14 14 so if i got a hundo i'd do it okay but here's the actual follow-up question you yeah. make this dialga what about the other two spots it, on your exactly. master league I'm, I'm gonna have to figure that out after i've invested an ungodly amount of time into the dialga yeah and then be like what now right right and then you're <laughs> like oh boy these are two potentially half a million stardust investments i might have to make down the road also, just to answer your question, Swampert absolutely bodies Dialga. Okay, cool. Good. So I had a yeah. feeling. Great. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Mr. Kyle. Appreciate it. We're confirming everybody's suspicions that Dialga is, in fact, pretty good. Pretty good. Despite looking a little bit like a xenomorph, but for children. 
All right, uh, let's move along here to the Pokalore. And this week we're going to be covering Shieldon and Bastiodon, the Shield Pokemon, because we've seen so many of them and they're cute, you know? I think we might have covered these before in the past, but I just don't care. We're doing it again. <laughs> we're doing it again. Shieldon first. Shieldon is a small yellow Ceratopsian-like reptilian Pokemon. It has white toes and a white bump on its back. Shieldon has a dark gray elliptical face with a prominent white brow and a white rim on its black snout. Its facial hide is extremely hard. However, it is vulnerable when attacking from behind. 100 million years ago, Shieldon lived in dense forests. <laughs> it has a habit of polishing its face against tree trunks. Same. It is speculated that few enemies would have considered challenging its armored face. It eats grass, tree roots, and berries. That's a capital B berries. So those are Pokemon world berries. Yeah. Not, not our regular world berries. <laughs> its fossils show no sign of damage to its face. Nice. Got to keep it pristine. Must have had a great skincare routine. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Bastidon is next. Bastidon is a Pokemon which appears to be a cross between a Ceratopsian, such as Zunaceratops, and a bulldozer. <laughs> Its dark gray square head resembles a castle wall, complete with four cream yellow window-like spots with a black outline, three dark gray spikes on the top, and two larger gray spikes in the upper corners. Bastidon's triangular nose extends from the middle of its shield-like head down over its lips and appears to be pierced by a gray horizontal spike. Oh my gosh. Four spikes jut downward, and four large blunt tusks protrude upward, from its dark gray lower jaw. Bastidon's cream yellow eyes are partially obscured by the nasal spike and spaced out tusks. Its thick cream yellow body is further protected by a gray ridge and dark gray plates on its back, jagged growths on its legs, and a plated tail. This makes it sound like it's hideous or in pain, and it's really not. <laughs> How thick is its cream yellow body? Probably like at least seven C's. You've he's, seen it. He's, 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 a, he's a big boy. Wait until we get to, to the stats. You'll see how many <laughs> C's there are. Yeah. It is from roughly 100 million years ago. That makes sense. It tracks from its evolution. <laughs> I'd be a little bit worried if it was like, it's from 70 million years ago. I'll be like, wait, hang on. Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Despite its rough, intimidating appearance, Bastion is actually a docile, caring Pokemon that feeds on grass and capital B berries. <laughs> its steel hard shield like face is capable of repelling any attack. When multiple Bastion line up, their faces form a wall that nothing can break through. Except for whatever made them go extinct, I suppose. This was how they protected their young. In stark contrast to its impenetrable frontal defense, it is vulnerable from behind. It seems to have lived in the same habitats as Rampardos, as evidenced by their fossils often being found together. Forbidden love, if you will. <laughs> Here are the stats. Get ready. Are you ready for these yeah, CP I totals? Love it. I oh love my gosh. It. Max CP at 40. 1539 <laughs> just don't graduated we, we, great league <laughs> don't we know it though <laughs> true and at 15 1741 yeah yeah sorry at 50 1741 uh-huh and we're about to find out why those numbers are like <sighs> these first two are so promising though 155 stamina all right 286 defense Ooh, <laughs> buddy <laughs> And 94 attack. 
Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh my god! I think like Oddish has more attack than that, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty great. Uh, Aegislash's Slash's defense form in the Go Files has the exact same stats, basically. Oh my gosh! Which really? Is hilar- yeah. Oh man, it's hilarious. I I love Bastion. Uh, but it. the best move set is SmackDown Stone Edge, so it's it's a wannabe Tyranitar with no attack stats. Yeah, yeah, but all you do is you throw in flamethrower there, and you got yourself a nice beefy boy for Great League. You sure do. And flamethrower is hilarious when you can pull it off correctly in Great League. People cry. You can hear them from yeah. over the internet. Yeah, crying. Yeah, if they switch in a grass type to to finish you off, and you had a bunch of saved energy. You're like, <laughs> you're like, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's my flamethrower noise uh i've been playing a lot of charmeleon and and stuff in, in unite anyway uh that's it for poke lore shield on a bastidon very cute not great with attack but if you're looking for a defensive pokemon which uh, maybe you shouldn't be um uh, this is a good candidate <laughs> but anyway uh yeah let's move along here to the pokepole so last week's pokepole was with GoFest behind us have you implemented any new catches into your raid PvP or Team Go Rocket teams? First one's from Venusy Prime. They said, got a lucky 96% ground on from one of the special traits, which has been putting in some good work against Dialga and probably will be useful in Master League. It's great timing for those Dialga raids. Mm-hmm. Next one's from Jay, and they said, caught 100% IV Dialga via raid. Didn't even know it was a hundo until I checked IVs. I'll power it up to level 40 plus best buddying it for Master League. Hey, see, there you go. You must have read the same article you did. <laughs> Next one's from the Scorpio Kid. They said, hello all. I haven't answered in a while, but I have some great catches this GoFest and even part of the Ultra Unlock. I got 100% Mewtwo, 100% Dino, 100% Shiny Chimeco, Ooh. which I know isn't great, but it's my first Shundo. No, that's great. <laughs> And last but not least, I now have a shiny, lucky 93% Dialga. Mostly I'll be using these in PvE, but might max Dialga for Master League. Watch those breakpoints. <laughs> yeah. Spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. Numbers. <laughs> Calculator. <laughs> Math. Math. Next one comes in the form of a short email from Jackson. They said, hi, GoCast boys. My answer to the pot. My answer to the poke poll is a 100% Reshram. I didn't even realize but 100% until today. Also a Mewtwo. That's all. By Jackson. 100% Reshram's no joke. Mewtwo in any form is no joke. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter. 10-10-10 Mewtwo. Still no joke. Yep. And then we did have one voicemail. This one's from Jeb, I believe. I couldn't quite hear the name, but I'm pretty sure it's Jeb. The play? You be the judge. Hey, Chris and Kyle. Uh... my 100% Reshiram. Everybody else is I, getting one. I know, right? I think I think Tyler also got one when we were out there at GoFest. Ah, what? Two. Yeah. Man. 
well, hey, if you'd done more, you might have gotten one. But you were all like, I don't like Zekrom, so I'm not going to do Reshiram either. I did. I did a lot of Reshirams, but Zekrom was the one that broke my <laughs> spirit. Yes. Yes. 100 <laughs> percent. Oh, my gosh. So this week's Pokepole is when do you know you need to take a break from playing Pokemon Go? And when is the right time to come back? This is an interesting question. Uh, because given the current climate of the game, a lot of people, especially post big events, this happens a lot. People are like, oh, I think I played a little bit too much. I'm a little bit burnt out. I'm going to take a break. Or during unexciting months like this one, upcoming could be, depending on how Ultra Unlock Part 3 sort of shakes out. Um, a lot of people take breaks and they talk about coming back and things like that. We've even seen it within our Discord community. Some people are like, hey, I'm going to take a break from the game for a couple of months and uh, I'll be back. And then they disappear and then they come back a couple of months later and then they hop right back in. And to Kyle and I, this is kind of a fascinating topic because Kyle and I don't really take breaks from Go. Other than sometimes weeks, we don't get the chance to play as much as we'd like to. Uh, mostly because we don't really take breaks from the show. So yeah. we, we keep playing. Um but anyway, for me, I think I'm going to go first, Kyle. I hope that's OK. When I know that I need to take a break from playing Pokemon Go when I can remember the last break I took, it wasn't it wasn't like anything to do with the game itself. It wasn't like the game was just interesting or anything else. It was just like I felt like I was losing kind of sight of other things or it just wasn't being as fun. The things that I knew verifiably were fun for me consistently, like going out and playing uh, and grinding or doing some raid hours and stuff like that. When those don't feel fun, I think it's time to put it down for a little bit and then pick it back up. I don't take breaks from the game per se, but I take breaks from aspects of the game for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are weeks I go hard for hatching and other weeks I only do like 10 eggs. No big deal. Some some weeks I'll do raid hour. Other weeks I won't, you know, and, and when it's time to come back is when, I, you know, I feel like it could be fun. I get the call to do it again, you know, instead of a dread. That's just how I feel. For me, the answer is pretty easy in that it's time to take a break when you're not able to have fun playing. W whatever that may mean to you will, will vary from person to person. But like I took a break from hatching eggs for a long time. Wasn't fun. Wasn't enjoying it. I started again before this current event, but mostly because of this event, hatching more eggs, enjoying it more. The egg pool actually was enjoyable for the most part. And so I was having more fun again. So I was doing it. And like Chris said, that doesn't have to be the whole game. It can just be aspects of it. But if the whole game is not fun, it might just be time to, to step back. I've definitely done that for like a week or two at a time where I'm just like, I'm just, it's not fun to open the game and catch right now. I don't know. It's just not calling me. As for when's the right time to come back. I think everybody has their own answer to that one. You'll, you'll feel it is kind of the thing. If you kind of stay sort of current with the game, you'll see what you deem important enough to play again maybe they change a mechanic they add in a new pokemon new megas you know wh whatever you want to break it down into and then that gives you the urge to play again and because you haven't played for a while mechanically the game is more fresh and interesting even doing like a, a rocket grunt is more exciting if you haven't done it 
in six weeks, for example. So your advice to come back would be to listen to your heart when it's when it's calling for you. Yes, that's that's how I uh, have always gone back to games that I've stopped playing. Okay, like in years past for World of Warcraft and stuff, I I always knew when it was time to play again. And stuff and like same for League of Legends, I've I've taken breaks from that game, but then there's been times when like it's time to play League of Legends again. Sure. And nothing, nothing has like actually changed. It's just I'm ready to play. Again. Oh, oh no, nothing's changed. Nothing trust changed. me. <laughs> Especially with that example. Oh my gosh! I was gonna do a bunch of other lyrics to listen to your heart, and then you just went on with a really good example, and I just don't want to ruin it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I think I think you're right on the money though. Especially about coming back. Like like you'll know when you want to. Yeah, forcing it's always just not a good thing the games are supposed to be fun sort of thing so mm-hmm. chill out if it's not fun um but yeah anyway this is the sort of question that it's less about our answers really this time and we're really curious about what you have to say dear listener so if you have an answer to this week's pokeball question which once again is when do you know you need to take a break from playing pokemon go and when is the right time to come back please feel free to answer that question we posted on twitter at go guest podcast uh, we'll also uh, accept emails or voicemails. You can leave a voicemail to 262-586-7717. You can send emails to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Or if you're a patron, we have an entire Discord channel dedicated to it. You pull a lot of those answers for the show from there. So lots of avenues for you to send in an answer. And we're very curious to hear what you have to say, especially if you have like a certain story of like, hey, this thing happened. I took a break and I came back and it was great, whatever the case might be. Um, so anyway, great. We're going to pass it on over now to Fish and DeFi E for the PvP corner. And this week, they're going to be talking about Ultra League and Ultra League Remix. And fun fact, they recorded this segment live for a, a studio audience over, over Twitch. But we'll, we'll say that because it's a thing people said on television. So, you know, anyway, <laughs> over to the two of you. I am Fish and Ahita. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment with eight different evolutions. DeFi, what is going on in PvP right now? My heart is broken. Great League is over, my favorite. But we do currently have the Ultra League and the Ultra League Remix, and we are in that for two weeks. Fish, what are your initial thoughts on the Ultra League and Ultra League Remix? Have you found anything that works? Uh, well, interestingly, um, when you and I recorded last week, I made a bit of a prediction that we wouldn't actually see like too many XL Pokemon. They'd be around, they'd definitely be prevalent, but they wouldn't be everywhere. And I actually deleted that from the final edit because <laughs> as um, as I was editing, I was like, nah, that's ridiculous. Of course it's going to be XL Pokemon. Ever. Turns out I was right. Turns out, like, yeah, they're not just flooding the meta. There's, I'm definitely seeing, like, the odd Mandibuzz here and there. I've seen, like, a couple of Stunfisk, but I, yeah, I'm not, it's it's not flooded with XL Pokemon. Fair enough. Have you been doing a lot of sets? Have you been sticking more to Ultra League or the Remix? I have been doing the Remix, and I've used a team of Machamp, Gengar, and Snorlax, which was a team that I saw on a Tho Technical 
YouTube video, which I liked. It doesn't require any Excel candy, and it uh, doesn't require any legendaries as well, so it's a lot less expensive that way. So I decided to start with the Ultra League, and that may have been a mistake, just to open <laughs> Ultra. Because I'm like, man, I my Clefable, I am almost there. Like, it is so close mm-hmm. to being maxed out. I'm like, I'm just going to try it. It's It's pretty much there. And I already, like, I put so many resources into my Talonflame and my Umbreon. Like, it would hurt me to not use them at all because they're banned in the remix. So mm-hmm. I tried to put a team together with those three, and I just got hard countered after hard counter after hard <laughs> counter. So I feel like I actually put out a tweet, like, I just lost, like, 100 ELO, and I'm just going to... I'm just going to put this down. Put that down. I'm going to set it down for a little bit and I'm going to pick it back up again probably today um, and try a couple things out in the remix. I really want to build a Lugia. Yeah, same. I really uh, I think it's a fun Pokemon. I like how, how it can just tank everything. <laughs> just whatever you throw at it, you can throw a fridge at it and it'll be like, hey, stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> that tickles. I have been so yeah, f- funny. Funny thing, I've been I've just started a thing on my stream, uh, which I call Monday Meme Team, which is where I take a Pokemon that is kind of ridiculous to use and and try and make that work. And so, last week was the first time I did it, and I tried Shadow Raikou in Great League Remix. I'm thinking this week I'm gonna try and build an Ultra League Ursa Ring. And I love make it. that work, right? <laughs> um, are you going to do the Shadow Ursa Ring or are you going to do a regular Oh, one? shoot. I don't think I have a good Shadow Ursa Ring. I've got like a rank two regular, so I might stick with that. By the way, people listening to this podcast right now, we're doing this live because of scheduling conflicts. We explained it to the, the people viewing before we started recording. We do need to <laughs> explain this now. Uh, yeah, we, we um, couldn't record at our normal time the... Only time we could record was a time that I normally stream. So we thought we'd do this live. And so I want to say a quick hi to Olivia Down Under, Alien Aura, and Joe Jolteon. Um, Joe Jolteon says that they saw someone playing Lugia double Reggie. What do you think of that line? Ooh, I think that's a, that is thick with a lot of Cs. Yeah. That is just tank after tank after tank. I love it. And very expensive as well. Yes, but fun <laughs> yeah, curious how that goes a lot of lock on a lot of lock on all right so that leads us to our sylph check-in and uh we just had continentals DeFi. we did so with the continentals we have our eight winners from each region let me pull them up so i have them all in my list this is the kind of fun content that you don't get to see on <laughs> not live recordings me scrambling to get the notes pulled up. <laughs> Let's get some hype in the chat for waiting. Yes. <laughs> All right. First Continental Prelims concluded in APAC. That was July 24th. Um, the following battlers um, brought home the top. So that was Mr. McCalvin out of Israel, Katsura out of Japan, Vintage Paul out of Singer- Singapore, Roger Chen out of Taiwan, Nino468 from China, Bar the Gamer from Israel, Baw 14 Ma from the Philippines, Port Leo out of Japan. And I'm noticing something pretty specific about where these people are from, Fish, for the APAC region. <laughs> yeah, so did I. And that is everywhere but Australia. 
everywhere but Australia. <laughs> no Aussies in the APAC. So hopefully, you know, better luck next season. But then moving on to North America's Continentals. So we have as our winners Toshi and Adipkan. One of the prides of Wisconsin rise to occasion. We have the Shady Asian, the only Canadian. All the others are from the U.S. Cytochromit. We have Trogdor. We have Beach with three E's. Not as many E's as PVP Steve it has in his self name, but... <laughs> yeah, Steve still holds the record. And then Polymers Up from Atlanta. The EU prelims happen next on July 25th. The winners there were Lurgan Rocket out of Ireland. I Ian Rue out of Germany, V Tenacity out of the UK, Dancing Rob from Germany, Helsenberg from Italy, Bibilicious from Sweden, Mephis Flow AMD from Austria, and Matt Brewer out of the UK. Uh, Mephis Flow is actually the European Continental Champion champion from last season, so it really says a lot about him that he's made it there twice in a row now. The last Continentals was out of Latin America. We have Markovan Z95 from Mexico. Sucks, which that is his username. <laughs> that is one username. S-U-X-X sucks. <laughs> also out of Mexico. Trocus from Ecuador. Ventuski from Chile. The Spyanoff from Mexico. Javi Ramos from El Salvador. Coppercox from Mexico. And Carlos Cabrera from Mexico as well. Two things I noticed about that one. One is Ventuski was the Latin American continental champion from last season. So again, like Mephis Flow, just quality battler. The other thing was your delightful pronunciation of Latin American names. <laughs> Thank you. I do. I do speak Spanish. But Continentals is not over. That was just kind of the preliminaries. Now we have the Continental Finals. Those are going to happen July 31st and August 1st. Those eight battlers are going to face each other within their own region. And then we're going to move on to Worlds, which happens in two phases. It's going to be those top four Continentals champions. They're going to be joined by the top four people from each region. And then there'll be a preliminary stage and then a double elimination round. So we will have our winner on August 21st, and we're going to continue to give you those updates to Continentals as they happen. Fish, are you ready to do our deep dive for this week? Let's do the deep dive. We are going to talk about Eevee, just Eevees everywhere. <laughs> Eevees everywhere, so, all Eevees, all the time. All Eevees, all the time. Fish, why don't you tell me a little bit about Community Day? What are some of the details? Well, it is on August 14th and 15th. It is a two-day com day. And the other thing about it is that you will have four days to evolve your Eevees. So August 13th to 16th, you can evolve them to get their special moves. All of the Eevees are going to be getting their own exclusive moves. And as an added bonus, Sylveon will only need seven hearts to evolve instead of the normal 70. That is 90% off, Diva. That sounds like quite the sale. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Let's talk about these new moves and analysis. We want to preface this. We're going to talk about all of these moves, um, but we want to pre preface it with uh, this little bit of information, which is generally one of the things that makes a Pokemon, like one of the most important things that makes a Pokemon good for PvP is coverage moves. So for example, 
Like the biggest reason a zoom rule is such a pain in the butt to deal with is not just because it's so bulky, although that does help. It's mainly because like one of its few counters is grass types and it's got ice beam that can hit those grass types back again. So that kind of coverage move makes it so much more formidable than if it didn't have ice beam. But we don't have ice beam to start us off. (laughs) We have Vaporeon with Scald. And I got to tell you, we're kind of ranking these from kind of the least impressive to the most impressive. With Vaporeon, Scald is a strict (laughs) downgrade to its moveset. Right now, its go-to water move is Aqua Tail. It's less energy. It's pretty spammy. And you get more damage per energy out of Aqua Tail. Even if you want to run all water moves. You don't want to run Aqua Tail and Last Resort. You want to run just water. You're still better off without Scald. You can run Aqua Tail and Hydro Pump, and that's going to work so much better. So Vaporeon, I would say, is probably the biggest loser out of this. Uh, Some people in chat are (laughs) defending Vaporeon, being like, well, it's going to remember this. And what I say to that is, well, it won't have Scald when it does so. Uh, Terrible, terrible move. Next one is Glaceon, which... Yeah, look, it's coverage at least, it's a different type, but it's still, Water Pulse is actually like a pretty bad move. I don't like calling moves bad normally, but Water Pulse is pretty bad. I'm okay calling Aerial Ace a bad move. Uh, Okay, you know what? Water Pulse is worse than Aerial Ace. Like, Aerial Ace gets some use. (laughs) Oh, good point. Actually, I've got to come back to this. It's a good point. Uh, Uncle Beastard says Scold could, um, could debuff in a future update or just get more powerful. That's true. Everything is always one update away from being relevant and interesting. So we'll just mention that in a future PvP corner. Hey, remember that scold we made fun of? All right, back to Water Pulse. Tell Tell us more about Water Pulse for Glaceon. So, look, if you line up three Glaceons next to each other, one has its current moveset of Ice Shard, Icy Wind, and Avalanche. One has Icy Wind and Water Pulse, and the other one has Water Pulse and Avalanche. There is almost no matchups in Great League or Ultra League where that first one with the triple ice isn't the best performing or at least equal best performing of the three. So the only ones that I could find where Water Pulse was an actual improvement was Frostlass, which it still loses, (laughs) but at least it can do a little more damage before it, it faints with its Water Pulse. Ultra League Articuno turns from like an IV dependent win to a more comfortable one where it doesn't rely on IVs as much. And uh, a Scavalier and Talonflame, again, still lose, but they're not quite as sucky. <laughs> All right, moving on up, we have Espeon and Shadow Ball. When you hear this, it sounds great. It's Shadow Ball's a great move. Espeon's a great Pokemon, but it doesn't help. It, this move doesn't help Espeon. Ghost moves, they're only super effective against Psychic and other ghost types. In the Great League, Espeon is just so glassy that every ghost and Psychic in the core meta can take it out with just one charge move. So having Shadow Ball doesn't really help. Cress just needs one Moonblast and Espeon's gone. Didi, one Rock Slide. Just has to land one Rock Slide. No more Espeon. Hypno. <laughs> Hypno doesn't even need to get to Shadow Ball. As long as Hypno gets to Thunder Punch, it's going to beat Espeon. Drift Blim doesn't need Shadow Ball. Icy Wind 
and then it's then we're done and espion's gone yeah so squishy it's so squishy in the ultra league it doesn't even get that much better the only exception is armored mewtwo espion with shadow ball helps up against armored mewtwo and that's it so i was very surprised that this move doesn't help it in the slightest well we've dealt with the first three evolutions which are all very disappointing but now we're gonna get to jolteon jolteon's gonna lift our spirits isn't it no no it's no not. <laughs> no it's no, not. no so again it's it's a downgrade uh, the standard moves that you want with a jolteon are discharge and last resort Zap Cannon has a very high damage per energy count, but it's also a very high energy cost to begin with. So it's just going to take you forever to get to that move. You can run it. It's got that kind of point of difference to it with its high DPE, but again, like it's it's just as squishy as all the others, so it's probably not going to get to that move. All right, let's see if Flareon is any better. Flareon gets superpower. So superpower gives it coverage. So it's a true coverage move. You get coverage against rock types. But interestingly, the lower energy cost makes a big difference on its own. You can bait with superpower. You can get extra moves off. Most of the Great League wins it gains are Pokemon that you would have thought it would have beaten, but it 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 didn't. So like Flareon doesn't beat Meganium normally, but now it can with Superpower. Superpower does that extra work with the lower energy cost. It does beat Toxicroak with Superpower. That's pretty cool. You can also beat Vigoroth in the Zero Shield scenario with Superpower. You can also beat Lapras. You have to sacrifice two shields to do it, but you can take down Lapras if you have Superpower. In Ultra League, you're big wins are Obstagoon and Melmetal. So we're we're starting here. I'm starting to hear good news, Fish, for these evolutions. <laughs> yeah. Ace Trainer Oz says that he's keen to meme with Jolteon. I think I might meme with some Flareon at some point. Use that for one of my meme team Mondays. I love it. Next up, we have Leafeon, which is getting Bullet Seed. It's the only evolution that is getting a fast move as opposed to a charge move. And look, Leafeon is not a downgrade, DeFi. Oh my goodness. Right, right. It's I would call it an absolute side grade <laughs> because <laughs> um, it doesn't get markedly better with Bullet Seed as opposed to his current move of Razor Leaf. It just does different things. So obviously the difference between your, your Bullet Seed and Razor Leaf, you're doing all your damage with your Razor Leaf. Um, when you have that move, if you've got Bullet Seed, then you're relying on Leaf Blade to get all your damage. So the Bullet Seed gets to those Leaf Blades really quickly. You can fire them off quickly, and you do the damage there. I'm going to give you a little bit of math. It's not, it's not, I not much. I was told. I know. I, I know told. you were told. I know. <laughs> but this is like two numbers. That's it. Okay. And you don't even okay. have to know what the numbers mean. I'm just going to say two numbers. One of them is bigger than another, and it should give you an idea. I, I took a look at one cycle of Razor Leaf and Leaf Blade, right? So that's firing off Razor Leafs until you get to a Leaf Blade and firing that off. And all up, if you if you average out the damage that it's doing per turn, the number you get is 10.11. You're doing 10.11 damage per turn. Again, don't have to know what that actually means. You just have to remember that number, 10.11. Got it, 10.11. Then I looked at Bullet Seed and Leaf Blade. So firing off bullet seeds until you get to a leaf blade and firing that off the number there the damage per turn is 10.2 
That sounds very similar to that first number you told me. Yeah, exactly right. So they are so similar. It's really all about how you want to use your Leafeon and and leaning into what works for you as a battler, which I've been saying on the podcast a lot is is something that Niantic have been doing with a lot of their move updates nowadays is it's not strictly an upgrade it's just something that's another option for you to to choose from in your in your tool belt so um just kind of as a quick point razor leaf you don't really need shields bullet seed you need shields to be down um in situations where grass is resisted you are going to want bullet seed you can get to last resort quicker but if you're up against a mud boy you want razor leaf those little percentages are going to add up and you're just going to end up deleting your mud boys you want you want razor leaf for that a couple of interesting ones I found were Azumarill in Great League and Empoleon in Ultra League. Bullet Seed turns those ones from narrow wins into comfortable wins. So, yeah, just keep that in mind if you do plan on using Bullet Seed. All right. So uh, we went from a side grade. Now, I-, I think we were at the point. I think we have an upgrade. Sylveon with Psy Shock. Sylveon's a charmer. Like all charmers and all razor leafers. You want low energy charge moves. They make a world of difference because with charm, you build energy so slowly. You do a ton of damage. Standard moveset right now on Sylveon. You've got charm, moonblast, and last resort. We actually think at PvP corner, <laughs> we think the best moveset is going to be charm, psy shock, and last resort. What? I know. We're getting rid of the stab. <laughs> yeah. No fairy charge move? I know, but you're doing so much fairy damage with Charm. Moonblast is a 60 energy move, so it takes forever <laughs> to get to it. It takes 30 turns. By the time you get there, it's it's not worth it anymore. Psyshock, it's less energy, and it gives you much needed coverage. It can ha- help you hit back against poison-type Pokemon, and it can give you a bit more play in the zero shield. Here's the big problem. Now we're talking double legacy. We're talking last resort and Psyshock. So you are going to need an elite TM to be able to build this thing. But I think it is worth it. Really good point from Joe Jolteon says, but what does normal type coverage give? That is, that is a good question. Um, so you're not doing any super effective damage to, to anything with it, but it can be an option against things that would resist your other moves. So for example, Umbreon would otherwise have all dark moves, which means that if you go up against a fighter or another dark Pokemon, you got nothing to hit it with. So that's that's why a normal type coverage move can be good. I mean, obviously you'd like something better, but yeah, normal type can do the work you need. And also Anadactyl says that she doesn't have a Sylveon evolved yet. Neither do I, Anna. I'm with you. Neither do I. We yeah, can start right. A We're club. all part of the club. <laughs> the no Sylveons club. Not yet. It's community day. I'm going to community day. <laughs> Fish, tell me about some of the matchups that this flips with Psyshock. So some specific ones that I saw in Great League, and I looked particularly at the Zero Shield for this one, which is where you're going to get the most benefit, were Clefable, Driftblim, Frostlass, Meganium, Mew, uh, Politoed, Superior, and Whiskash. And in Ultra League, you had Shadow, Abomasnow, Granbull, Swampert, Togekiss, and Toxicroak. All right. We've gone through almost all of the evolutions at this point. There is one left. 
the goat evolution <laughs> of the Great League, of the Ultra League. Fish, Umbreon got psychic. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, uh, good. It's not a complete game changer, but it is just another tool in your belt if you need it. It flips some important matchups with its psychic. It's something that can hit back against the fighters. It outlasts Toxicroak in all even shield situations. That was kind of the one that looked the coolest to me. So it's taking those super effective counters, it's weathering those punches, and it gets to a psychic uh, really fast with the snarl. Um, a psychic will one-shot the Toxicroak, and down goes the fighter. Against Shadow Machamp, it ties in the zero shield. So that is an IV dependent win. If you've got enough bulk to last that little bit longer and get another charge move off, then you you will end up winning that one. Or if you don't have enough bulk, then you'll probably uh, faint one counter too soon. Big drawback. Big thing to keep in mind. Snarl isn't going to be giving you a lot of fast move pressure, especially against fighting type Pokemon. So if you're going to throw that Psychic, you need to be very comfortable that it is going to KO your opponent or bring it down to like one HP. So you are going to end up losing that matchup anyway if you can't guarantee that. So what are your final thoughts to wrap it all up? I am disappointed in all of the downgrades <laughs> and all of the evolutions that just this is not this is not something you're going to want to use. But I'm excited for Sylveon to get a quick charge move, as Anadactyl's pointing out, as someone who is loud and proud about using charmers. If you're squabbling about charge moves, you're using your charmer wrong. And that is that is fair. <laughs> that yeah, is a yeah. fair point. Fair point. You, that is. <laughs> Using your charge moves isn't necessarily something you are trying to do on your charmer. You're trying to really apply that fast move pressure. But Psyshock gives you the opportunity to potentially throw a charge move if you need it, where you might not even get to that Moonblast. Um, and I'm excited for Umbreon. I'm excited to see the matchups that Umbreon flips and see that get a little bit more play. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that the one that benefit most was the one that didn't need it. Like That's I would, I would have liked fair. for, yeah, I would have liked for, you know, Espeon to get better. Espeon, Flareon, Leafeon, they're all just so glassy. So it's going to be tough to give them the love that they need. I think Umbreon just naturally does more with the tools that it's given. All right, and I think that's it for our deep dive. Before we go, Fish, I know you've got at least one quick shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to be on the next episode of After Darkrai with Brett and Hannah. That will be, uh, so we're going to be recording this weekend. And I've also got Astro Zombie 954 from the Beginner to Winner podcast. He's going to be joining me on one of my live streams. That is August the 6th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. So work that out in your own time zone. That'll be a fun time. Excellent. And of course, we love hearing your feedback. We were very excited to record this episode live today. Thank you so much, everyone in chat, for hanging out with us. If you have any questions ever for Fish or for myself, you can always direct your feedback to mail at gocastpodcast.com or any of the other ways that Chris and Kyle mentioned to contact the show, like via voicemail. And in the show description, you can click on more Fish or you can click on more DeFi 250 to find other ways to contact us and some of our other projects. And uh, we will see you in the next episode next week. Bye.
All right, thanks, Fish and DeFi E. I hope the live recording went well. I, I've only seen good things on, on the Twitter. Looked, sounded good. Awesome. Okay, it's time for the last section of the show. I guess besides goals, I always never call that a section. Uh, it's <laughs> second to last section, the penultimate section, uh, but it's got a better name than that. It goes like emails and sometimes some voicemails, except we had a voicemail in pokepole this week so there you go <laughs> uh, but this week we've got three emails the first one is from chestnut guy hello chris and kyle my name is chestnut guy in the news section you asked about what our experiences were for GoFest. i am a rural player and have two reachable gyms for me the first day was outstanding i caught enough dino to be able to evolve to hydragon though yeah. i did start out with some candy awesome on the second day, even though in theory it might be good for rural players because the raids were not so overwhelming, I had trouble finding people to raid with. Sure, my friends could raid, but many of them weren't that interested in Pogo to begin with. In the end, I just went online and remotely raided it, but the experience was not great. Because we all think raiding has its problems, how would you address it? Any new ideas? I would make a ready up button so we don't have to wait 10 years just to start the raid. Also, the raid timer should stop once the boss's HP reaches zero. I have lost countless raids because of this feature. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chestnut Guy. All right, Kyle, a ready up button. What else? I mean, that's really kind of it. I mean, we, we had an entire conversation, Kyle and I, about how the core mechanic of raiding wasn't exactly as engaging um, of a feature. But outside of that, I think mechanically, it's just like the lobby timers are kind of a bummer. It's It's the only content in the game that feels like you're fighting against it in order to do it yeah even even rocket grunts which you have to like go find you you find them you do them finding them is in the nature of the game it's not that big a deal rage you got to find them you got to wait for it to hatch you got to find people to do it with you got to wait in the lobby then you got to do it and then you got to catch the pokemon it's it's so much extra yes and they they gotta like they gotta take out one or two of those extras and the easy one is the the waiting yeah and i feel like yes they want you to spend more time in the app but they shouldn't have to they shouldn't want you to have to spend frustrating time in the app <laughs> look my phone lets me have pop-out windows when i have pokemon go open so whenever i sit in a raid lobby that i have something else going on for and i'm not with other people i just open reddit on a pop-up window for two minutes so okay <laughs> funny you should say that so usually when i'm raiding or at a raid hour or doing whatever i will hop into a lobby and then i'll go to socials and check everything like that's my time i build in to check socials and it used to be that if the timer expired while i was on a different window in, in an iphone because i don't have picture in picture it Rip. would let me join the raid no problem i just load in a little bit later than everybody else would right and now sometimes it doesn't. Mm. And so like, I'll miss the lobby and it's not like a dino where like it's dead already. It's like a Dialga. Like they're going to be raiding for the next 25 minutes on that Dialga because it's really <laughs> thick. But like, oh, man, that really, really made me bumped out because I, now I, I can't be as lackadaisical about that raid lobby time. <laughs> you could just get an Android. You could just never say that to me again. <laughs> picture in picture it's it's pretty amazing i know i used to use wow how revolutionary yeah i used to use it too back uh because i'm pretty sure i had an android when i was doing 500 rates of summer 
think I did that. I don't remember. Anyway, thank you very much for the email, Chestnut Guy. We appreciate it. And uh, sorry to hear that your local friends weren't that interested in rating, but thank goodness you found some on- online raids to do. That's awesome. Next emails from Johnver98. Hey there, Chris and Kyle. Haven't written anything in a hot minute, but I'm back to rep team email. Today I wanted to ask, if Niantic has to patch the quick catch slash animation skip trick in Pokemon Go, would your approach to this game be any different? Would you still play it as much as you do now? Would you not play as much? Clearly, they must know about it, and I'm sure it doesn't bother them as it stayed in the game with every new update. So I wouldn't be concerned about it going anywhere. I wouldn't want to see how Twitter would react, though. I think Pokemon Go community would break the internet with rage. Anyway, keep up the good work. Shiny vibes all. Well. Well, that would be a good time to take a break from the game. <laughs> that would be a good time to take. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, if they got rid of quick catching. I would have significantly less fun at events. <laughs> It would feel like that time that I was like, I really want AR plus. And so I switched over to iPhone. And then two weeks later, they gave AR plus to everybody. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because I just started quick catching. It would feel like the same thing. Yeah. I I would be less affected for day to day play. But for events or other high volume stuff, even spotlight hours, it would feel awful. I just I wouldn't enjoy the game. I think they would lose way too much of their hardcore audience. They would like the, the hardcore grinders that we know about. The game would not be a feasible grind without quick catch. And they're doing the, they're doing the AR quick catch. So they're already like the, the quick catch of quick catches, you know? So, but, but anyway, to to address the other part of the email where the, the, clearly they must know about it. I'm I'm sure it doesn't bother them for how it stayed with every new update. They're, totally aware and they've kind of mentioned it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they're like there's some hidden things in the game blah 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 and they were alluding to this so i would not expect it to go anywhere and if it did yeah it, uh, everybody would set the internet on fire for sure yeah it would be it'd be a disaster on twitter so yeah. yep. i'm glad i'm not there riots in the streets yep but uh thank you for the email john ver this last email is from hugo hey chris and kyle What's up, Hugo? Thank you for sharing your GoFest experience last episode. Here is my GoFest 2021 experience. Day one, goals. Catch a shiny dino or a good IV dino and some new shinies. Day one experience. Caught two shiny Roggenrola, new, back-to-back. Shiny Audino, new. Shiny Cricketot, shiny Wishmer, new. Shiny Meryl, shiny Chinchow, shiny Chimeco, also new, yep. Shiny Krogunk, that's a new one. Oh, yeah, it's so good. I love that shiny. And a shiny Jigglypuff. Unfortunately, no shiny or good IV dino. Oh, ah. no. But that haul otherwise is pretty sweet. Day two goals. Catch a shiny or hundo Giratina, hundo Rushram, and hundo Zekrom. Oh, and not those or. Are, those are good goals. Yeah. Day two experience. A hundo Zekrom ran away from me. <gasps> oh, my heart. My I feel for you. I told you those Zekroms are bad news. No shiny legendaries caught. Best catch would be a 15-15-14 Reshiram. Okay, we can that's, call that one. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. It's still pretty good. Yep. Overall, I had a fun GoFest. I was really looking forward to it, as it is my first GoFest that I get to play while walking around. Last year was my first ever GoFest, but I did it at home due to the pandemic. 
Very happy to be able to catch a lot of new shinies in day one. I had fun in day two as well as I love raiding, but the catches could have been better, especially since I did not reach any of my goals for day two and a hundo Zekram went away from me. Yeah, I'm, I'm crying for you. I'm sorry. However, I know I will get another chance that Zekram and Reshiram will be coming back for their shiny forms. I also broke my personal record for walking distance this week. I walked 83.3 kilometers. That's pretty good. That's really good. That's it for me. I look forward to your next episode. P.S. I chose Rockstar Pikachu. Yeah. Boo. Well, Hugo, aside from your sign off being uh, just, you know, I guess expressing your bad taste in Pikachus. Thank you for the email. Appreciate it. I'm sorry about that, Zekrom. That is a heartbreaker. But a 15, 15, 14 Reshiram is still pretty good. That's functionally Hundo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you get any shiny legendaries, Kyle, on day two either? Yeah, I got a shiny Entei. Oh, that's so no. They just so, so no, I got my sixth shiny Entei. So no. Your sixth? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Shining Ante was like the gimme for a lot of people in our group. Oh, <laughs> that was too funny. But anyway, thank you for your email, Hugo. We appreciate it. If you, dear listener, would like to send us an email like these fine folks did, you can send it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 262-586-7717. You can also visit our website for all this contact information. We have a contact form and all things GoCast, link to merch, all that good stuff at gocastpodcast.com follow us on twitter at gocastpodcast we post the poker poll question there and that's our social account so if you want to connect socially there you go that's the one if you want to help support the show monetarily you can do so via patreon like a lot of fine people do we've got the best patrons in the world you can find out more information at patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash gocastpodcast speaking of patrons shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zek Walker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, and Tish. Thank you so much to all of you in particular for helping us keep the digital lights on. And we got one new review, which is a great way, by the way, reviews to help support the show. If monetary means are not doable for you, you can help us out for free immensely by leaving us a review where you can leave a review like on Google Podcasts or uh, Apple Podcasts. Oh, sorry. No, not Google Podcasts. That's right. I learned that a couple of weeks ago <laughs> somewhere else. I don't know. Just not Google Podcasts or Spotify, I suppose. But please leave us a review. It takes you no time at all, and it helps us out a lot. Um, but we got a new review here from Venusy Prime, which, Venusy, why hadn't you done this yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you. And it reads, one of the best Pokemon Go podcasts around. The hosts have great chemistry. Uh, I didn't do well in chemistry in high school, did you? No, no, I didn't. Okay, so we got, like, mediocre chemistry. Scores greats and i appreciate the efforts to keep things positive and family friendly the discord community reflects these values as well and it's one of the most welcoming places out there oh i'm not really able to do raids locally so it's wonderful to have a place to consistently be able to raid rather than having to rely on random invites from friends if there's any negatives it might be the amount that you might end up spending on a row raid passes <laughs> shiny vibes all thank you very much for that review you're the best all right, Kyle, last things last. <laughs> yeah, let's set some goals and get out of here. So uh, the part two unlock is starting on Tuesdays. We will still be in part one. So we have another chance to maybe run some of the goals back. We set last week, if you're interested. <sighs> yeah. 
see, this is this is going to be more of a a status quo maintenance week for me. I already know based on my personal scheduling, I'm not going to have a lot of free time to go out and play Go. Okay. So I guess I'm going to make sure I finish the Ultra Unlock time research. Please do it. I, I got to catch the poor gun and I'll pretty much do, be done. Oh my God, dude, don't miss this opportunity. Look, look, look. You don't have to tell me that. I currently still have the December Community Day research from 2020 sitting in my inventory. <laughs> Kyle, that is the single most disgusting thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I love it. I love that it's there. I got it. No! I got it. I, I don't actually remember if I paid for it or not. I think I actually paid for that one. I don't think <laughs> it was given to me. Uh-huh. And I did not care about it. I played all 11 previous ones. I got all the shines I want. I got everything I wanted from the year. And then I just <laughs> didn't complete it from home. You know what I will say about it? There's lots of Porygons happening in this event, but outside of this event, it makes Porygon spawns exciting. Yeah, yeah. Except I was expecting to see some for like the Kanto tour earlier this year, and there was yeah. like none. <laughs> but but they're everywhere now. Pop an incense, you'll see a million of them. I promise. Yeah, yeah, you. for for sure. That's why. I, but I just have now. I have the specific step to catch Porygon as well for the special research. Okay. Field research. Let, let's do it to it. Let's make it happen. Okay, that's one goal. Yes, it is. I'm going to put it here just so that I can have a failure on the on the record next week is carrying over the shiny shield honor Kranidos goal. I really want one. I just I know I'm not going to have the time to like try and grind for one. And they also don't seem to be very common from oh. all shiny reports. Oh, shiny reports. Yeah, but I was going to say they're everywhere spawn wise. Yeah, spawn wise. It's decent. It is. It yeah. is on the Darmanitan level of of, you know, a month ago, which is good. Very good. Yeah. Eggs, it's a full seven-way split. They all have the same odds, which okay. is the best thing we've seen in eggs ever. That's awesome. So it's actually felt good to hatch eggs. So you're going to hatch eggs? I will be hatching eggs, yes. How many? Uh, well, hang on. Let me see how many I've already hatched this week so I can and can factor appropriately. Okay. Okay. I've only hatched nine eggs this week. So we're going to go for 60. And that's it? Yep. There's a on here. Oh, yay. Look, you're already on your way. Look how studious you are. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so for myself, I'm carrying over the shiny unknown you. I should be able to get out this this weekend a little bit. I'm going to try to farm out some of those raids if I can find them. Shiny, Kranidos, or Shield on. I'm going to steal inspiration from Kyle to make that happen. I'm going to hatch 50 eggs. Uh, not 60 because I like the number 50 and I wrote it down before Kyle said his 60. <laughs> <laughs> and 500,000 experience in the least. I'd like to shoot for more, but I'm not ready to commit because we'll see what time allows this weekend. All right. And that's it. Thanks so much for listening all the way through. You're the best listeners ever. And we'll see you next week for episode 156. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.